Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk a bunch of animated shows and movies here with new podcasts every other Wednesday. Find everything about us at OverlyAnimated.com. I'm your host, Dylan Heisen, and I'll be joined shortly soon by Michelle and Allie to talk about The Owl House Season 2 as we continue our Owl House Season 2 coverage. This time talking about Episodes 3 to 5. Very excited to get into everything about those three episodes of The Owl House. Make sure you've checked out our previous Owl House podcasts in addition to our Miraculous Ladybug podcasts that are happening regularly right now, OverlyAnimated.com, for all of those links. Uh, just a programming note here about next podcast. As of now, uh, that our Ladybug podcast on the next three episodes of season four is going to be a week early. So that'll be in place of the two weeks from now podcast. So look out for that potentially in a week. Um, and then uh, the only other thing is I'm going to try uh, out uh, going through the recent Western animated releases here, uh, just more quickly on my own as part of our what watching segment part of the intro here, trying this out. So let's uh, let me walk you through some of the big things that have been happening in Western animation, um, starting with Craig of the Creek, one of my favorite shows, which had its big capture the flag uh, five part finale to season three. I've been loving this season. I think it's like just one of the great recent seasons of animation and it had its epic ending here and I thought it was really incredible. Um, I loved, uh, this as an ending to this like main story arc that, uh, has been going on in Craig. Um, and it really like, uh, was better than and ever before for this other side plot arc, I thought. Um, really enjoyed all of them, especially the last three episodes I thought were really incredible. And the finale, the half hour, part five, uh, was one of the show's best episodes. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And the highlight, with the highlight, I think, of course, was that character returning, which I won't spoil if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, but, uh, and not talking about Carter, although I loved Carter too in this episode. So really loved Capture the Flag. Um, highly recommend uh, season three of Craig of the Creek. And now I'm really looking forward to where the show goes from here because it's super open-ended. That's very exciting to me. So loved Craig of the Creek. Um, next is Rick and Morty. Season five has started airing. We have the first four episodes as of this recording, and I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, I think the highlight is episode two so far with the decoys, that episode, um, definitely like a, a classic feeling Rick and Morty episode. I thought it was really great. Um, probably one of the, the show's best, not like best, best in my opinion. I thought like the beginning when you don't really know what's going on yet better than once it settles in. That being said, overall, really great episode. I loved the premiere. Mr. Nimbus, really fun. I liked the, um, the portal uh plot the wine portal that escalating plot line i thought that was like a really great rick and morty classic escalation type thing um episodes three and four i've seen people not being as high on but and i understand but personally i enjoyed both of these episodes um i really like the captain planet stuff in episode three and then and the emotional ending um and then episode four, uh I liked how ridiculous it was and how um how much it like went for it with that uh dumb plot line. So I don't know, I enjoyed it. But um I'm I'm enjoying Rick and Morty season five so far. So far and we will see uh what's next there. Um Tuka and Birdie season two has continued to air. We talked about the premiere last podcast. Um 
and we've had episodes two to five since then. Um, and I think it's been good. I've especially really enjoyed the latest two episodes. Uh, episodes four and five, I think, have been really good. Um, episode five, a uh, really good, like, normal episode of the show. Probably the best, like, quote-unquote normal episode we've gotten from Duke and Birdie, so that's really encouraging to me. And then uh, episode four was one of my favorite episodes of Tuca and Birdie ever. Kind of this like uh, bottle type feeling episode about Tuca's adventures on her own after she can't sleep. Um, I think it's gorgeous. I love the kind of dark mode aesthetic to the episode. Um, Tuca meeting Kara in that episode. But just like a very quiet and poignant episode. I thought I really, really love that episode of Tuca and Birdie. Uh, haven't talked about Luca yet, the latest Pixar film release, which is one of my favorite Pixar movies. I thought it was so fun and cute and uh, lively and bright in a way that I've like never seen from Pixar before. I've seen like a lot of people, a lot of like reviews saying how this is like very Miyazaki, a very Miyazaki and Pixar movie. I would agree with that. I think that this is like the Pixar movie that's best replicated the like magical um everydayness of the Miyazaki like uh, can imbue in his movies uh, a lot more so than some other previous Pixar movies have uh, have attempted to so um I you know I'll need to rewatch to kind of get the like overall ranking of of Luca and the Pixar canon but personally like in my you know top 10 top 5 personal favorites for sure I really really enjoyed it Summer Camp Island season 4 Came out a few weeks ago on HBO Max, kind of back to a normal feeling season after some of these plot arc, plot uh, like arc type uh, things we got in season three. And I thought it was really fun. Um, in particular, I want to highlight the episode Sea Bunnies, which was the guest directed episode. It was like a musical. Um, I thought it was a really, really funny episode. This is one of my favorites of the season. Uh, Spirit Balls was a good Oscar and his demon, I think, was definitely a standout as like a silent episode. Uh, very gorgeous episode. Tomorrow's Bananas, I think, was really good. Um, Hall of Mooms, I think, uh, was a highlight for a lot of people with seeing all of uh, Hedgehog's ancestors. Um, great Hedgehog episode there. A lot of mythology questions, I think, answered there. And then Pepper and the Fog, the finale. Um, maybe my favorite of the season. The uh, just really gorgeous uh, episode of this quiet pepper journey with this minor character but somehow it was like really it really really worked so loved that and loved summer camp island season four last thing is central park season two which has started airing um on apple tv uh we really liked season one of central park so happy that the show's back it's been basically more of the same so far i'd say continuation of season one which is fine we liked season season one, but uh, more of a season one part two, I think, than anything. Um, that being said, uh, the standout episode, definitely episode three, a full Fistapuffs or slash kind of Molly episode with a majority of it in the Fistapuffs comic style. Uh, didn't know the show was capable of this type of episode. I loved it uh, artistically, thematically, character-wise for Molly. One of my favorite TV episodes of the year. Um, I lo love Central Park diving into this type of episode. I hope they do more of this thing. Um, songs in it were great. Also do want to highlight the song in episode two of Central Park. I think that was the best of the normal type episodes so far. A lot of really fun songs there as well.
Okay, it's time for the Owl House. Our main discussion for this podcast, we'll be talking about the latest three episodes of the Owl House season two, Echoes of the Past, Keeping Up Appearances, and Through the Looking Glass Ruins. And I'm now joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And Allie Martin. Hi. Yes, we're excited to get into these latest three episodes of the Owl House. Um, make sure that you have seen all these these three episodes and are caught up as of our uh, podcast release here. Um, especially with this last episode, some very hype things going on, which we will want to dive into right away. Uh, but yes, episode three to five of the All House season two spoilers starting now. A lot to get into. We have a lot of different topics. We're probably going to go through these episodes in rever- reverse order. But to start with, let's get some overall impressions, you know, some quick thoughts on all three of the episodes, if you have them. Uh, Michelle, what do you think of them? I have been very high on episodes so far in season two, and I think these last three were especially strong. Um, I mean, there's so much. I'm trying hard not to just only talk about through the looking glass rooms because obviously there's (laughs) a lot of things in that we want to get into. But even like, uh, you know, Echoes of the Past, I thought was a really great episode for King and keeping up appearances, getting into like, you know, the Clothorn family dynamic with Gwendolyn, Lilith and Ida's mom. That was so good. And leaves me with more questions um, and more family drama. I love the drama, but I feel like it's been a nice balance of just like so far in season two, it looks like we've we've picked up a lot of things that were like loosely dropped in season one and hinted at and we're expanding on that stuff and getting into the meat of things. And I love that so much. I'm really happy with that direction for the season so far and i'm really excited to see if anything from through the looking glass rooms is going to be referenced in like the next episode or if they're going to drop it for a while i don't know i feel like they could do either but oh man was that i don't think any of us expected that to happen so soon but man i'm excited it did nice um, I assume we're talking about Lumity with uh, the last. Yes, 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 of course. Yes, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll speculate again, as as we do every podcast. We'll once recalibrate our speculation on the on where Lumity's going. Ali, what are your uh, overall thoughts on these episodes? I've also I thought this season had a strong start. I know maybe a lot of people didn't like the first episode, and they were also kind of like Michelle said. I'm also trying not to just focus on Lumity, but it felt like everyone myself included focused on the second episode too so I it was nice to see again like the family drama like first it's trauma and then it's gay panic it keeps going back and forth between those and I I really particularly liked um echoes of the wait is that the king episode yeah. or echoes of the past mm-hmm. I'm getting them mixed up but that one was especially enjoyable for me because I just wanted to know more about him and I'm glad we got like hints about him and I liked seeing um Lilith I'm spoilers said she's gone and then uh, obviously through the looking glass ruins is all I can think about <laughs> over the last two days but it's been a really solid start to the season and I'm also excited to see where it's going I hope they reference a lot of stuff not just the Lumity kiss like you know lore is going to be expanded upon hopefully and yeah I'm hype yes hype um, I think we're going to hit on some of this other stuff sooner than getting back to the media, but we'll see. We can talk about it. Um, yeah, I liked, I like these three episodes a lot, too. I think this is a very strong start for Owl House Season 2. Uh, very consistent. Um, all three of these episodes are very good. I like Echoes of the Past. It's like a gorgeously animated episode. I feel like they really stepped up the animation um, this mm-hmm. season, especially in that episode. 
Uh, Keeping Up Appearances actually is my favorite of these three um, mm. in terms of like, I think it's the best and maybe the best of the season so far. I was really, I'm really impressed by what the season is doing with Ida and Lilith. I feel like that's like, yeah. to me, is the biggest step up from last season, um, at least in my opinion. Uh, those plot lines uh, with uh, the, with those characters are much better. Um, and then Through the Looking Glass Ruins, I really like, obviously, like uh, Lumity. Um I would say, like, overwhelming is my reaction to the uh, number of <laughs> Lumity things. Like, yeah. I don't even, I didn't even have, like, a super strong reaction to anything in particular. It was just so much, like, too, almost, is it too much? We'll talk, no, no. obviously not. But, no. uh, yeah, um, I actually, actually, in like terms of, like, qual- like my, like, podcast host quality, like, I actually thought this was the weakest of the three episodes through the Looking Glass Ruins, um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's still good, obviously, and I was, in terms of personal enjoyment, like, really loved the Lumity stuff. Uh, just very quickly moving, like, they moved very quickly through the Lumity stuff and then the Gus plotline I appreciated like Gus having stuff to do but it felt insignificant compared to other things happening so those would be I guess criticisms but all three were very good episodes um in my opinion uh but uh you know I think we're gonna get back to two other great episodes with episodes three and four and going to dive into the Lumity uh as we've probably done pretty pretty soon after uh starting every all of these LHS podcasts uh just just a coincidence this is the latest episode so didn't even do it didn't even have to manipulate it just happened with episode five but uh let's let's like uh i have like 10 different bullet points here for lumity things that happened in this episode which we can go through all of them but first it's like what was the reaction um ali i saw ali's fake spit take reaction to the ending so i know that i know the i know the simulated reaction but well that was that the biggest uh the the kiss at the end was that the biggest reaction you had ali or like what other things in the episode really no definitely it was definitely to kiss but also just the blush count like how many times they blush throughout the episode it was kind of expected but i love seeing it from Luz especially i mean we knew it was gonna like eventually be a sort of requited like i'd like this person but i don't know how they feel feeling but it's really like it's good to see the build up and like not just have it i know you said it felt like too much but it kind of like i mean obviously it's not really too much because there's never enough but it it doesn't feel rushed like if that makes sense because mm. they're not like just jumping into like straight up like kissing they're like kind of talking about their feel oh, the other scene i guess the before the kiss would be the i do stupid things around you too that made mm. me like feel some type, yeah. type of way that hit hard but like in real life the kiss i mean i kind of flailed on the couch i didn't fall off but like that was my actual reaction wow is it going to take a uh, full-on lips kiss to have you fall off the couch is that what's going to happen I'm, it'll jump jump out the window when that happens <laughs> Jump I'll out the window. A, Don't do that. I'll have a trampoline to catch me. It's fine. Then I can just <laughs> oh, so it's, it's all have staged? a good time. Is it for the reaction <laughs> video? Is that? <laughs> I'll buy a trampoline just for that. That would be a really it. good reaction video. If you set up a trampoline outside <laughs> your window that you can fall into. It would get a lot of views and probably go to the hospital. So. Yeah, it could be your new niche right there. It's just reviews on trampolines. No one else has done this before. Re- oh, it turns, it turns, turns into a trampoline review? Okay. <laughs> how, high, how high I jump based on how gay the ending is yeah whatever i don't know yeah. next episode we'll jump out of four story building so we'll stay, <laughs> stay tuned next time okay michelle what was your what were your overall reactions that are specific reactions to the lumity things that happen 
I mean, I I honestly had a lot of fun with all the blushes because it just it felt so relatable when you're sort of like on the same page with someone, but you don't have that confirmation. So just mm. everything you do around them, you like psychoanalyze and it just like feels like it's like every little glance or touch like just becomes like the end of the world in like a really exciting way, but also a really terrifying way. Because, like, the obvious confession hasn't happened yet. And I agree with Ali. Like, I, when Lou said, I do stupid things around you, too. Like, I really took that as her confirmation of, like, oh, I reciprocate these feelings. Yeah. I also have a crush on you. And I think Amity understood that on a level. And that's why she immediately was like, I need to go home. Like, she couldn't handle talking about that more in the moment. She needed time to process with her siblings. Um, I mean, the kids, the, the cheek smooch was so sweet, but in a way, I almost, like, I'm more happy that Luce, like, kind of made it clear how she felt before it happened, yeah. in a way. Um, that just, for me, that felt really, really satisfying to get that first. Nice. And I think, yeah, that's that's a good call with Amity realizing it at that scene. I think Luz at the end, uh, goes wide-eyed, potentially realizing that Amity likes her back. Yeah. Um, so on some level, at this point, they both know, they right? Both know. So you think you think something so big's gonna they... come next? <laughs> but you know, I mean, they are young. They're, you yeah. could always just, you know, oh, is this a like best friend kiss or a something more? <laughs> okay, different? I don't think like we're they're doing just that. Caspian pals. You know how it is. Let's and not do the best. Just two friends hanging out. They might kiss. I mean, that'd be fun if that's what it was the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, I think it, that, <laughs> that seems like where it's going, kind of. There's just tension the whole time until they actually confess to each other. I feel like Luz is going to ask Ida and King for advice, mm. and I really don't know what approach that advice could take. It could oh, be no, really no. bad advice, or it could be genuinely good advice. Hootie's going to be the one to give her yeah, actual advice. Should she ask Hootie for advice? Yeah. <laughs> She won't ask. It will be No, she'll be. Yeah, she'll be talking to King and Hootie will barge in and be like, "Well, I know. I dated my fifth owl lady. (laughs) This is what I did." I feel like it's even weird. Even if Hootie dates like an owl, I feel like that's weird. Like how Hootie has no counterpart (laughs) to date. That is true. Are there like lady owl houses? Lady, like a demon? Yeah, like maybe there's a. Oh my god, that should be a subplot. Hootie goes to find his true love. Look, they might they might do it. They, they're, they Hootie's had a lot of screen time this season. Like they're he clearly has. they're clearly interested in doing things. Lilith with is gonna now that they're pen pals. Lilith's gonna be like, I met this really cute owl house lady, and I think I'm gonna set you guys up. <laughs> I met this other house, and guess it, she's single. Yeah, just an- another sentient house is the counterpart. Yeah, I think that's yes. true. Um, yeah, obviously the kiss at the end was a big reaction. The uh, the purple hair. I mean, I think this is like as a yeah. big thing for me. I was like, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, we have we have to talk about that. The the whole scene, just the whole ending. But yeah, other than that, there's just so many blushes that it's like it's not like I didn't know like a specific reaction to any of them. I feel like this. I, I could say like, how about other people interacting with Lumity in a moment, like and commenting on it? I think that was like a big difference from previous episodes. It's something we'd speculated a lot about. We really wanted to happen, so we have Gus uh, being aware that lose likes amity in the beginning and then we have um amity's siblings uh kind of commenting on on it to both of them uh something that was definitely highly requested uh by people so i think that was <laughs> that was something i really enjoyed um 
And yeah, let's go Flames through. Also supporting Amity. I mean, we'll talk about that scene, but they're just perfect. Yeah, let's go through. Let's go through all the moments. I mentioned this Gus scene in the beginning. Gus says, "You need li- my library card to visit Amity, don't you?" And Lou says, "Hi, I haven't been doing a good job of hiding that, huh?" huh? Um, and Gus shakes his head dramatically. Yeah. Um, so Gus aware. So like this is the, this is like last episode, episode two. Lou's uh, now likes Amity and uh, or at least is aware of it. And this episode, uh, apparently, in the meantime, Gus at least of their friends is aware of it, and it's been very obvious um so that that's that's it's like it's like i like that scene is like catching us up to where we are with um with the status of these feelings since uh the development in episode two um and yeah i think a lot of people expected willow to be the one to she's definitely she's gonna be the wingman because gus is tired of the gays and willow's gonna be like (laughs) gus is a gus is an interesting i know what i'm doing yeah she she has dads so it could be you know that's true. Yeah, Willow's got yeah. Willow comments on this at some point, at the very least. She has to. Yeah. Um, so we see uh, the highly anticipated scene of uh, Amity with her hair down in the library with the kids, and Luz uh, looking at her Just blushing. Luz's mind. Yeah. It's so cute. I love I love Luz so much. Seeing that canon by representation is just it feels it hits different. They've been lovingly animating all those faces where they're just internally squeeing, I guess, is the best way to describe what happens. But, like, they give each other so many looks and they're always really Ultron. The way they animate the eyeballs, too, like the pupils dilating and getting smaller. It's been so good. A lot of good, yeah, Lumity reactions to to each other. Uh, it's, it's, it's good. Here's the we have. Uh, hey Ed, hey, I'm picking up Amity, and uh, Nat looks like you got that covered. To, to lose. Uh-huh. So we're expecting them to tease uh, Amity, but they're also teasing Luz about it here. That's fine. That's what it's perfect. Now she, I like she that they're both teased. If they're teasing her, that's what okay. that means. So they, so they know, like Gus knows. Um, you know, d- does Ida know? Is Ida more oblivious? Uh, so we have to go down all these characters and, and find out next. Uh, but yeah, Ida King is, is and Willow, those are probably the, the next uh, biggest ones Ida we have King to see. King should know, but Ida's like, I don't care about your high school shenanigans. Of those three, maybe Ida would be the last to know somehow. I don't know how, but... I mean, we're potentially about to eat a, a past uh, woman in Ida's life in a future episode. So, oh yeah, she should be aware, oh. but she's still uh, <laughs> maybe not aware enough. Um, we'll talk about that for a few. It's episodes. an ultimate queer mood. Just I being was going to say, yeah, if we got an episode where it's like Ida's trying to help Luz go on a date, but also she's like, hmm, all this like gay dating makes me think of my old mm, flame. Maybe yeah. I should call her up. Also, if that was the whole B plot, that'd be amazing. I wonder if that's how. So seven will be framed. That's yeah. very possible. Interesting. Lucky seven, come on. Lucky seven, the most powerful number seven. <laughs> a very, a very hype one. episode. It's possible. We're um, on the death pool. <laughs> what's where we live? Oh, lose. Okay, lose and me blush at each other, and then. Um, this is still at the the library the library scene. I mean, it's all the library, but the the kids, and then uh, and comes up with an excuse for them to leave. Um, they're like, oh, and then uh, yeah. So uh, and then he had a date and he needs good face cream. Yes, um, he has a date, uh, which we can, yeah, with a, with a they person uh, pronoun mm-hmm. by the way, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. very nice. Um, and uh, Luz grabs Amity's hand and they blush at each other. That's a little later. That was very that was very fun. They're uh, hiding on the ground together and then they blush at each other and roll away. Uh, another <laughs> that <was> one. So <laughs> cute. That was really oh, good. It was so cute. The animation, not thinking about it, the animation in this, I mean, just in general, like you said, Dylan, it's been so, like, on, it's so good. Sorry, keep going. 
Yeah. <laughs> just picturing that scene. Yeah, I think I think it's a good point that the character work animation is really good here. Like the background yeah. and like aesthetic in episode three stands out more to me, but I think it's like a lot of subtle, really good character animation in this episode and and, and every episode. Yeah. Um, this is a, a scene I think a lot of people have been uh, commenting on is uh, they're talking about the diary Am- and basically Amity's eager to get the diary after Luz says she'd show Amity around the human realm It's um, ca- your date is canon it's gonna happen uh, I think that has to happen human realm date yeah hopefully soon um, and then we, we commented on this scene already the uh, everything's changed since you came here makes uh, makes me do stupid things I wish it didn't it's okay I do stupid things around you too says that's Luz. basically them telling each other how they feel yeah. Right. In a you know, in a subtle, uh, easier to say way. Will yeah. have they processed it un- to be? Well, that's the thing because, like, coming up to the next scene, Amity's like, I don't like understand these feelings. It's because they haven't experienced a crush before either of them. It seems like. Yeah. Let's and let's talk about that, and then the, any potential way that being like a same sex crush plays into that. Um, I think that's interesting to think about, and mm-hmm. and I think with Amity, it like plays into her overall arc too um so and, and let quickly you know quickly we have the scene with amity let's come back to that and then amity glisses lose on the cheek um and then uh bold move sister um <laughs> says ed and then loses wide-eyed and amity blushes runs away so there you go um good big, to see you farewell forever bye forever <laughs> so yeah. good that maybe forever so for good. a while we'll see she, maybe amity's hiding that's why she's not in the next few episodes she can't recover from <laughs> oh, no. she's still blushing embarrassed she's, under her bed she's basically been blushing for the past 10 episodes constantly <laughs> she just never stopped uh so let's okay purple haired amity that we've not even commented on this yet so i wanted to know what you because we were all talking about like we want to mm. see her natural hair color and then right. this happens. So again, th- I feel like this is a big like wish fulfillment fan episode because we see like the, the twins teasing them and we see Amity's changing hair color, which is something that the fans were very on top of. Um, there's a lot of natural brown haired Amity. But there's also pink Amity with a lot of fan art oh, with. Yeah. Um, so, and this is uh, light purple hair, lavender hair. So it's pr- pretty similar to the pink hair, I think, that we get. Um, so uh, recapping the scene first, Amity's with um, Amir Nedrick. Amity says she's um in a, a few things and then feeling things she never used to feel and um d- d- dies the hair loose comes by amity says mom liked it green but she could use a change and they blush at each other again okay number five or something um and uh Lou says she went through trials to get amity's uh job back um which uh you know uh, acts of service love language for yes. amity. yeah um, yeah i think that was those uh that spurs the kiss potentially um lose doing that uh but how, how about uh amity's hair color changing uh what what are what are our feelings this? i think everyone's very excited for for the purple hair um michelle what was your reaction to it what do you think of the new hair so I want to point out that it's not just that she dyed her hair. She also got a haircut. So before yeah. she always wore her, her top hair back. At the very she least it's styled. It. Yeah, it's not yeah, back she anymore. Always styled it's, it back, oh, front, and now yeah. she has bangs, which I kind of interpreted as like she's like, you know, letting loose a little bit. She's more relaxed. Like it's like a visual way to kind of represent her changing mood and like her sense of comfort with herself. And I really like that. I really like the bangs on her. I think it's a really cute hairstyle. It is going to be like a mental adjustment because we're only used to seeing her with one type of hair for this whole show. But I think it's really cute. I love that she went for purple. It just feels like a very queer color. And I, I was like mentally preparing for her to just like go with brown and embrace her 
natural hair color. But, like, going purple, like, I think that's its own kind of power move, especially against her mom. And, like, yeah. I love that for her even more in a way. At least, so she'd match her, at least she'd match her dad if it was, like, natural hair color, right? But now this is, like, something out of left field. This is, yeah. Yeah, she's, it's her yeah. own thing. I do. I agree. I feel like this is, like, such a young queer woman move to dye the hair yeah. purple. Like, uh, oh, yeah. Like, or even just a young queer person move. Like, everybody, like. Queer person. Seen, or, or also, alternatively. The best ways to let someone know that you're queer <laughs> is to have, like, a very exactly, non-normal yeah. hair color and just this embrace way it. Of, like, it's not a phase, mom. Yeah. <laughs> Get off also, my back. I think it's like a, a, a anime nerd weeb move too, kind of. That's um, that too. <laughs> it's like I'm definitely there are definitely girls in my school that were doing were doing this type of thing. Yeah, uh, the and I think it was a lot of anime anime thing. But um, it's like what okay, good good. I don't. Is this a phase for Amity? Will she like? Is she going to dye her hair multiple colors throughout the show? I think we have to see. This is going to be interesting to dye it the rainbow. That'd be Don't aggressive. Be- the whole, the whole rainbow. <laughs> it's too much <laughs> at once. Allie, what were you, what was your reaction and thoughts on the new hair? Pretty much everything Michelle said. I really, I appreciate the fact that it's like, I mean, it might not intentionally be like a rebellious act against her mom, but it shows that she is like more comfortable making decisions for herself and not worrying necessarily about the ramifications that it will like cause her family. And she's like, I'm going to do this for me. And I do like it. It's still, it's jarring. And I love that I've like seen artists like online being like, I just figured out how to draw her bun. And now this happens. (laughs) It's pretty funny. It looks, I mean, I love it. I also like that it's, it looks like a haircut. I'm now I'm confused if it is a haircut or if she just styled it differently. But either way, it looks fantastic. But I do want to see it natural color, and just a bunch of now she just has to do the spectrum. Maybe she'll like instead of just doing like a rainbow all at once, she'll go from like you know she'll go backwards. Every episode she's she a new color. Yeah. Yes. Oh God. Every really episode. Too. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot. Um, just the, like not like just aesthetically, but like what it means for her character, like you guys are saying. Yeah, and I think this is, like, the next evolution of Amity's overall character arc. So I totally think this is in line with uh, the previous episode she was in, episode two, where she uh, breaks the uh, necklace uh, and, uh, like, representing um, not being in her mom's control anymore and, um, you know, go dyeing her, her hair, uh, the color that's not her what her mom wants. I think that's in line with that, too. Just it, And she, she talks about how she's, like, feeling and experiencing things she hasn't before. I think that's... In terms of Luz and the romantic feeling she has for potentially just experiencing feelings for the first time, potentially experiencing queer feelings, potentially experiencing feelings for human, whatever that manifests is. But it's also, I think, just like her changing her personality, like her, like her perspective and not like doing what her her mom and her family wants her to do, um, like being nicer to people, uh, having these new friends, um, as she talks about in episode two, and uh, just this this kind of new life a new perspective on life that uh through her feelings for lose through her, her friendship with lose and all Luz's friends um and through kind of like getting out of under her mom's influence i think it's like representative of all of that and so that like kind of spurs her desire to have this change and love that um and you know helps her with that and they talk about um feelings in life um so yeah i think i love I th- that for her so much it's yeah. such a good uh, just so good I'm really happy that it seems like Emra especially is trying to like, you know, do her best being aware and like kind about what Amity's going through because she's the one that was kind of like, oh, we need to go right now. And Edric's like, oh, we do. She's like, oh, yes, because she wants to leave, you know, her little sister along with her crush. And then like, 
Amity, you know, basically confides in Emra when she's like talking about how like she doesn't understand what's happening and how everything's different now. And Emma is the one who kind of pushes like, well, is that such a bad thing? You know? And like, based on how our introduction to both of those twins was very, like they teased her a lot and, you know, mm. like got into her private room and we're going to read her journal. Like, her, like it seems like they're both softening a lot and Emma maybe especially, and she's like kind of filling in that big sister role in a way that's really helpful and kind of mentoring at this point. And I just, I really like that too, because it feels like one of the subtler things. The show's kind of switched for season two, but I really hope we see more of it because I'm here for a good sibling time. Yeah, supportive (laughs) siblings are the best. And I like you bring up the point that they, the way season one painted them, it kind of made me think they would just be teasing her and maybe like not sabotaging her, but like making it more awkward than it meant to be. And it's refreshing to see that they're actually like, good siblings mm-hmm. yeah i love that too yeah and i think i think um it'd be nice to see more of these moments i think we got a lot considering how jam-packed this episode was um so that was that was nice to see i do think like this talk between the siblings is the type of thing that is potentially lost if you are only gonna have uh you know amity in every third or fourth episode um and you know instead of like potentially interspersed uh throughout in smaller parts throughout every episode um so like the, these kind of more subtle interactions we haven't seen willow's interaction uh, reaction to everything yet you know um so that would be like uh the the only kind of criticism i have to the approach is we can't maybe lose some of these smaller moments although i think this episode's approach to that p- problem is like let's do every, try to jam everything in um and it's fun to see um the I, I wonder how the hair plays for people who aren't following things as closely online because Luz says uh, after or Amity says after the hair is already she dyes her hair that mom liked it green but she could use a change that wasn't known information in show previously so I think that her mom liked her hair green yeah that was only from the AMA so I think that's a little jarring the way they approach that Um, but uh, you know I think all of this is potentially a product of you know maybe it's supposed to be experienced like it is we don't really know and in terms of the hair like love the new hair Um, I was very attached to Amity's green hair so this is uh, you know it's partly mourning but I'm also very happy for her Um, I like, I've, I like, it's, you know, this is a big step for her as a person. So I'm very happy for her character. And I also do really like the purple hair, but also, you know, if she were to go back at any point, reclaim the green hair for herself, you know, I would support that for sure. Um, but, uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It, the thing is, this is like a bold move. Cause I do think Amity had one of the best character designs in recent memory for me, um, with the green and hair. Now it's just better. But, uh, you know, well, let's, it's not let's, better. It's different. It's let, different. Let's let's see it in a few episodes. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's a bold move changing one of your best character designs. I think, but if it, you, know, I, th- well, I think it fits her character see, really well. Not that it's like that much of a change, but Ida got a different dress, and we know Luz is going to have an outfit change eventually. It's different than a hair change, but it's still, you know. I think, it's, I think it's nice to see all these changes because we know the show's not going to go on very long. So, like, it's, it's yeah. I mean, I love it. So. I'm kind of exhausted when shows just make yeah, the true. character the same thing for every season. So it's fun to see. Yeah. Um, I, I quickly, like on this, this like potential criticism, I mean, I've talked about this a lot that like, you know, Amity only shows up every third or fourth episode. What if she was like part of the crew in the background every episode? But I think like these three episodes are a good example of maybe what I see is like Al has having a very segmented approach to storytelling right now. Um, I think it's been successful this season. They've made it work. But for instance, episode three is all about King. Episode four is all about Ida. Neither is uh, present in episode five. Um, So like a lot of times you have to push a character away in order to uh, in order to do comment on Amity and Gus and, you know, Gus isn't really in, isn't in either of those two episodes anyway. So I'm wondering if the show is going to try to maybe coalesce things a little bit more. I, I, I think it's possible that the show changes approaches halfway through the season, 
just because this is kind of just based on like the episode description for uh, episode 10. Uh, it just seems like it's possible that we'll get a big change. Um, so I'm wondering if we're going to try to bring things a little bit, uh, a little bit more streamlined here, because I think uh, it, it definitely feels like, okay, here's the King episode, Eat episode, Amity episode. Um, next, ne- uh, next episode could be uh, feature a bunch of characters. I'm not sure. So that could be fun. Um, also, you know, the golden guards, not in any of these three episodes, uh, but he'll be in the next episode. Um, but yeah, I think, um, that's that's uh, potentially I like I, I would love I'd love to see a little bit more streamlined approach from the show. But there's just so many elements, so many things the show wants to do. And I do think it is successful despite this with basically everything it's doing right now. So that that is good. Um, any comments on that or any last comments on uh, Lumini? I mean, we can talk about speculate what's happening next with them, too. Uh, I think that's that's an important thing to do. When's because... the confession? So here's so if you're not following the uh, upcoming episode descriptions and leaked episode information. Oh, um... leaked! Oh boy, yeah, give it to us. Okay, so Amity is not in uh, the next two episodes, six and seven and eight. She's not in those mm. descriptions. Oh, rip. Okay. But, you know, I think a lot of people are I've, I've seen some commentary on Twitter, like, what if the, it's secretly the B plots of all those episodes are all about Lumity. <laughs> oh, they didn't want to spoil this episode. It couldn't. It, it's that. a possibility. So that, that, uh, that would be fun. Uh, but episode nine, uh, Eclipse Lake. Um, here's here's spoiler. So skip it. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just the episode description. <laughs> but, uh, when Luz gets sick. Amity must find an important ingredient for the portal door. Oh, my That's God. That's the description. Which okay. number is this? Nine. Nine? Yes. Okay. okay. So potentially wow. part one of a two-part mid-season finale. And <laughs> what's exciting to me most about this is that Lumity is always like one of multiple elements of an episode um, with with like Grom being like the main exception this this description only features Luz and Amity as the only characters in it like this is potentially the entire episode obviously we don't know it could just be like part of a description but if this you know that makes me think what if this is a huge Lumity episode what if this is definitely kind of the like big Lumity culmination episode where they explicitly say their feelings for each other whether they have a full on uh, lips kiss (laughs) you know all this type of thing happening because oh god i watch too much anime because when the character one character is sick and the other person has to take care of them and then they're like i love you but then they say that the character that's sick is asleep they're sleeping yes oh that's such a move yeah that's a trope that's a good trope (laughs) now that's i'm expecting (laughs) they might yeah they might do that um Luz is the one that's sick. That's really interesting too. Um, yeah, but it seems like a perfect setup for. I kind this of coming hope. If, I hope that like maybe Willow and Gus will help Amity get the stuff she needs because like she'll be like, okay, I'm like That'd be good, yeah. too much gay panic. I need someone to help guide me here. Like, and then that's when they can talk about things. Yeah, yeah. Can and Willow can give her some advice because they were friends when they were little, and she was like, listen, you always give off a vibe. I knew. <laughs> I would love that if Willow just read her to filth, knowing she was gay her whole life. And she's like, listen, I was there in your childhood. I knew this was coming. Everything. I saw everything. I feel like this is basically Willow in uh, the the sports episode. Um, yeah. Just with that one face. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> expand on that, though. Uh, I think a lot of people are, like, under the assumption now that, like, Eclipse Lake will be the big Lumity uh, 
like this it's not just a culmination of their relationship but this plot arc of like this building romance between the two of them like it, this is like the finale of this lumity uh plot and then potentially second half of the season lumity is more of just like they're together in the background casually interacting casually like dating or whatever like the, and Al- this was mentioned before but like they they are they are kids so it's like they might not be like are we date like say dating say boyfriend yeah. girlfriend, say girlfriend girlfriend but uh they might like uh they, they might just like be uh whatever version of that then works hold hands them. in class when no one's looking yeah or you know maybe we've ditched school because we're part of the rebellion now um and we're on the run. <laughs> yes 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 that one so That's i think the big better. if 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 like we're going in the direction because i will say episode seven's description mentions mentions a rebellion so finally all our off-season speculating is is kind of happening yes, yes, yes. um are we going to be on the run like yes. if, if we are and if so is amity joining them right like is she yeah. going to be able to because oh, it's God. they could write her they could like they could get together in eclipse like and then write amity off for a little bit because she's not like she they, her parents keep her there um but then maybe at some point towards the end of the season she like escapes and then joins them um or she's there the whole time that would be like very exciting and then they're just in the background the, the whole second half of the season um this is very speculative but, uh, because like her parents the reason they're letting her kind of do whatever she wants is because they want her to be a coven leader so that makes me afraid that like she won't be around because she'll be fighting against the resistance yeah i mean i, I kind of like... doubt it at least for now but like maybe season three I feel like she would want to join the rebellion, but maybe her parents would try to prevent her. But I don't yeah. see her not disobeying her parents at this point. Like step one was breaking the necklace. Step two was dying her hair. That's what the it hair seems means. Like they're, they're, yeah, they're already <laughs> prepping us for her to it's just true. completely be like, no, you guys, that's not what I want anymore. Yeah. And that could be like the final, the final culmination of that for her. Yeah, I think totally Amity's going to want to, if there's this rebellion thing and loses part of it, Amity will want to join them. But, like, maybe your parents, mm-hmm. like, literally lock her up or something. Um, yeah, kind I of could something. like, a physical barrier or something stopping yeah. her. But... Or they throw uh, her to the coven and they, like, make her, like, because ha- that tattoo that people have on their wrist seems like a bonding thing. So maybe they do, like, something evil like that. I don't know. Mad- magic binding. She'll be trapped yeah. somehow. Yeah, I, I could see it. Of no, we haven't seen it again with the segmenting. Haven't seen Amity's parents since episode two. It, we, were spec- we were talking about during that podcast how Amity's parents, it didn't seem like they're super pro-emperor specifically. So it's, yeah. po- it's possible they could join the rebellion, even though they're not, not it seems oh. they're not clearly not nice people but they're very self-serving they're not like self they, they would they would true, serve the emperor true. to the point that they're, they're that helps own, them like, specifically amity's mom because she's the one running things but um yeah like it, amity, <laughs> amity runs the show amity's no amity's mom like uh she oh she, dahlia yeah Adalia. yeah it's yeah. it, it, dahlia it, it, it's that episode i think makes pretty clear that like like she wants amity to be a covenant so that it'll help uh get them in further power the sales yeah so, you know, maybe she could, you know, so it, it'll be really interesting to see how they play into any rebellion plotline. Presumably they would initially be forced to take the side of the emperor, but you could yeah. see that changing at some point. Um, okay, so a lot, a lot of exciting potential Lumity things coming up, although, you know, maybe not for a few episodes. Allie, are you, final thoughts here on the Lumity? Are you buying episode nine being the next time we see anything Lumity? I mean, well, I have to read the descriptions for seven and eight just because or six seven and eight because i mean she could have like a non like not an actual scene kind of like in the season one finale where they just flashed her with the cast like we could mm-hmm. just see i don't know her being gay and being like why'd i do that still <laughs> cut to like, three her days later again yeah yeah but i mean i'm definitely buying into like that's it has to be the next big lumity episode 
is that description is like yeah. textbook anime episode. I'm not even gonna lie now, I realized it. Yeah, we'll lose we'll lose comments on the trope that she's saying it's a good opportunity or maybe for that. She'll be delirious and she'll be the one to confess in her delirium first. Mm, that's another thing, yeah. I think Amity might need that. I think, you know, balls and loses court right now anyway. I think she should make the next move. It's true because she did get the cheek kiss. Yeah, she got the kiss. She's got all the power. She's gonna <laughs> leave Amity hanging for three episodes or figure out I feel like she's really gonna try to find a way to take that girl on a date. She wants to do this, it's right? Better. But she doesn't know how. And all it her nerves. Nerd books haven't told her what to do. So she's going to have to ask people. But if she takes her on a date in the human realm the first time, it's like, I've seen people joke about it's going to rain and then Amity's going to be like, wait, no, it's acid. And it's just Aww, be, that would be it, so That's cute. hilarious to me. It's just her being afraid of actual rain is funny. Yeah, I, want, I wonder if Amity will be in episode six, actually, um, because they're, they're choosing their palismans. Is this a school thing? Like, Amity would be there, right? Um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's the big, that's the most clear in of the description. So, okay, let's let's see if Amity's in in the next episode. Uh, yeah, Luz is just, Luz might be too embarrassed to uh, approach her, I guess, at first. Um, She'll confide in someone. I mean, maybe yeah. she will she talk, to talk to Willow. She has to talk to someone about it, yeah. I like that. I hope she talks to Willow. Willow knows okay. her, I, and I she'll hope... know how to get to her. <laughs> she talks She talks to the Golden Guard about it, because he's going to be... <laughs> oh, my He's going to be chasing after them, but, like, what if she... <laughs> I'm sure he gets hella dates, so he might be a good person <laughs> He'd to have good advice. Actually. Yeah, he'd have good advice. <laughs> what kind of advice? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe... Uh, maybe... The best kind. Lock not... her up. You have to pay your taxes, and then you could take her out on a date. Okay, now we gotta. I think they're at least gotta see a comic of this. Of that, that's probably. I think Morning Mark's probably done this. I, I don't remember it, but the, the. Okay, let's. Uh, Michelle, any other Illumity comments? I think we're gonna get some kind of mention about something, either like a throwaway thing when she's in the Owl House with like King or Ida or. I mean, maybe talking to Will. I feel like they're not going to leave us cold not seeing them together or in reference to each other for three whole episodes just because a cheek smooch is a pretty big deal. Mm. I feel like they're going to want to talk about it. And I don't think they would wait till just like one of them is sick to be like, oh, by the way, remember that smooch that like blew our minds? Like that just that seems a little sus to me. I think something's going to happen before then, but it won't be the main point of the episode. Yeah, we didn't. I mean, until this, until five, we didn't hear anything after episode two, uh, and three yeah. and four, and three and four. So I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I'm hoping for some mention um, of it. That would be. I I'd think, appreciate even a throwaway, honestly. It does seem like if it's if six is a school, if next episode's a school thing, I, which I don't know, it might not be, but it, there, there'd be ample opportunity to have some some combination of people talk about it. So that'd be good. Okay. Uh, what if the principal ships it? He, he would though. He would. School announcement. Oh God. He's 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 at this point he's a complete softy. Um, so like he he would I feel like. Um, let's yeah. Let's. Uh, he's like I saw what happened at Grom. Um, that's another fun <laughs> one. Okay. Okay. Let's we'll, we'll let's see if we reference Lumity again. But we're talking about non-Lumity things now. Okay. Uh, starting with Gus. The other plot of the actual a plot of this episode was. Yes. Um, I would I would summarize this as Gus learns to accept his illusion magic, um, as what happens this episode. That's not what I'd say happened. Okay, what would you say? 
I say this when Gus and Maddie become a potential item. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dylan, that's what I thought you the were going to say. Double gay. Look, I, look I've, been, I've been saying, I've been, saying, uh, I've been shipping this. I've mentioned this in the offseason. Also, I think I brought up Metholomule, and Michelle didn't know who that was uh, in the offseason podcast. Because <laughs> his name is insane. Like, why would they Also, he's, he's been in one episode before this. Like, this is so random. Yeah. <laughs> this is this, this But this now they're going to be, like, visiting each other every week to fix the graveyard. Yeah. And, like, wow, that's a commitment they're Can gonna we... get to know each other very well in that Ooh. graveyard oh wow okay we're shipping the gus gus yes! are we gonna have a like a montage yes. of What's them gus thalamule i think Ew. that's basically it no gaddy Gaddy, I oh, yeah, like well, Gaddy. We did, yeah, we didn't know he was Maddie before this episode so any previous ship name wouldn't incorporate that but yeah Maddie is <laughs> a fun uh gaddy uh <laughs> Really yeah, I apologize. Yeah, them, them, in the, them in the graveyard. Cut to losing Amity casually interacting, still blushing at each other. Cut to Ida and the Bard Coven leader. Um, Enemies to friends, and then friends to smoochers. That's what's gonna happen. That's what happened with Liberty. That's what happened with Catchadora, sort of. I mean, sort of. we were friends first, but you know, everyone's got their own journey with love. <laughs> And Gus, Gus and Metholomew had their own this episode, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I, I really loved that Gus was in the spotlight, and I don't know mm. how to feel about them trying to put him in the A plot when the B plot felt way more relevant to just the overall story. <laughs> Not even because of Lumity, but because and the, Yeah, the Lumity to... stuff also had the plot in it, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. That's why I'm like, I don't know how to feel. Like, I love that he was, like, very centered, but it still felt like he was in the background, and I love my boy, and he's perfect. And I do think it was like a good, you know, like character growth opportunity for him. But I, I want an actual Gus episode. I mean, I think like disgusting. this is, yeah, you're not going to give Gus like 22 minutes. I think this was, unless there's oh, other yeah. stuff happening. I think this was like as much as like, this is a pretty big Gus. Like, well, no, move. it's great. Just this, the B plot can't be more it was, important. I, yeah, it's, it is. It does, like, it's just, yeah. I mean, I think like in terms of screen time, probably the Gus plot had more screen time. If, if, if yeah. it, was, it did. Um, but it, yeah, I like to me, it just like it does feel like insignificant compared to the, the limited plot line. Um, I have a theory about why we did this here, but it does feel like we're just kind of like forcing like screen time for Gus because we like want to give him his due, which like I appreciate he's a great, he's like a really fun character. Um, but it's he's he's just not like well incorporated into other aspects of the show at this point. Mm-hmm. Same with Willow. Um, yeah. that being said, here's my here's my guess is that like this is about Gus and illusion magic. Are we going to have uh, episodes for each of the coven magic systems? And this is the Ooh. illusion magic episode. So like, that oh, really I like cool. that because we're going to introduce. The, we're at least going to introduce the idea of all the coven leaders. So I think in order yeah, to do that, you need true. to you need to understand what the different magic uh, types are, and we don't really know that yet. Um, and like, we kind and, of learned a little bit about construction too. Like I didn't realize yeah. it was just earth. Mm-hmm rock stuff until this episode yeah there's a but that's probably because that i don't pay attention enough it's a weird magic type construction um <laughs> which i guess it is on purpose but yeah i didn't even like know off the top of my head that gus was an illusionist so i think this was important at least if uh and and like maybe this uh graveyard keeper ghost guy maybe he is like either a former coven head or some sort of important illusionist that will play into things later um so i yeah i would keep an eye on like because episode two could be seen as the um abomination episode um so oh yeah that's true that's true we could have oh, seen like two of how many ever yeah I'm, I'm, how many I'm, more covens are there like i think a lot i think a lot yeah there's, there's a lot of them <laughs> but, i really like i want to i want to meet the abomination 
coven leader because he is a fine-looking man. Is he the one with the lava hair? Yes. He was the most attractive man. Yeah. Yes. How how dare you guys talk about in that Ida's former flame? Uh, but is she? A, is are they a coven leader? Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's the bard. Co- well, this is not. Well, confirmed, that's why but... I said yeah. handsomest man specifically, <laughs> specifically to give room yeah. for the ladies and others. Yeah, this is this is yeah. This is all theorized, but yeah, she seems like she's the bard coven leader. Um, okay. And, well, then she's my new favorite. Obviously, a woman who plays instruments. Thank you. <laughs> That's all it takes. Okay. Yeah. I'm very student. bisexual. <laughs> Look, Amity, Luz or Amity should uh, play, get the guitar going. That's a, the oh next my God. move. <gasps> I could see either of them Ooh. playing. Like Amity Luz could take. trying to woo Amity with a, a love song on an acoustic a guitar. A Spanish love song. Oh my God, yes. And then Amity's like, that was beautiful. What did all of that mean? I need a dictionary <laughs> to know exactly how gay it was, please. I, I, like I have to say, every time I watch the owl house and Luz speak spanish i'm like i should really study spanish not just to actually yeah. spanish yeah. but for Luz. there's some good spanish this episode um that's a good fic with the <laughs> good time also i said we're done with lumity i've already referenced it multiple we're times not- okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do we think of the glanda students we meet agmar gavin and bria uh the main one yeah <laughs> gavin's funny and Meth- is metholomule at glandis now yeah he's there too he he's expelled? a new student there did I think he? he, yeah, I think he did get expelled. Okay, that's like sad. or he left voluntarily because he just like kept getting picked on one or the other. He seemed very affected by the events of season one that we barely remember yeah. because of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's his whole life. But, that's true. He we don't you know. he doesn't go off screen for himself. That's how that works. Yeah, he says he he frees Gus because he says Gus saved him before. Yeah, he uh, saved him. Is that a strange thing you say to your bro friend? I don't know, guys. I I don't. Well, think so. is it gay to save someone? I think so. I think Probably. it is gay. I mean, I uh, do not doubt it. Allie, do you like Bria and all of the Glanda students? Okay, so <laughs> I loved her almost immediately because I was like, ooh, she's an earthbender. Basically. <laughs> and she's like, she got a fiery personality and she seemed super friendly. And I, that's how I should have known she was going to betray everybody in the end because you can't judge a book by its cover. But I really like her character design. Um, I also like Angmar because he's like... The nature do what was he was plant track probably right I genuinely don't remember something like um, that he's he um, like the pixie and uh, I think yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of Amity's dad going after the nature stuff and Gavin and his um <laughs> the illusion with his issues. dad was, yeah. yeah. Someone I saw someone on Twitter was like, the the abomination track comes free with parental trauma. Like that's just how it works. Confirmed. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I Um, like them. I didn't realize that there could be other schools on the boiling aisles. Then I was like, wow, I should have. Yeah, I think Glendis is the one we'd heard of from the uh, sports. Oh yeah, because they were playing yeah against them in whatever sport that was. (laughs) Quit not Quidditch, Smibbage. What is it? Grudgeby? Is that? Is it? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Michelle, what do you think of the uh, any any specific thoughts on any of them? I liked them. I liked the main girl the most. I was very charmed by her freckle face. I was a little. I mean, I I was like, why is she so nice to Gus? Not like no one should be nice to Gus, but it's like <laughs> he's from a rival school. Like, why is she so chill with him? Why did she say she knew he could do it? She never met him before. How does she know what he can do? That should have And been then it all made sense by the end because she was just playing everyone. And, I mean, it does seem like we are meant to feel kind of bad for that school because of the hazing system, mm-hmm. basically, where it's just, like, all about your 
brute strength. It seems like the reason that group of kids was even looking for the power boosters is because they felt like they needed them, but they weren't doing so hot already just with their normal powers, and they needed something else to, like, stand a chance. And that just, like, (laughs) really colors the school in a bad way. So I kind of get it, but also they were a little bit of jerks. Yeah, I was... Desecrating graves. Yeah, that was not... (laughs) That was unexpectedly terrible. They released this, like, feature with the Felicia Day talking about how, oh, it's so nice in the show. Everyone is, like, that's to be who they are. And it's, like, they didn't even oh, mention no. that these kids are bad at all. I was shocked oh, when that happened. I was, so like, funny. wait, what does she voice her? So yeah, Felicia Day voices Bria, yeah. Oh, okay. um, uh, That's amazing. It's not that she's never been villainous characters. Like, she, she yeah, I, I think that's her MO, kind of, is, like, in, in at least uh, at least a dark side to characters. But uh, this is, I was, like, what this? Uh, is, uh, <laughs> and the episode ends with them. Okay. <laughs> Just they want. Sure. Everyone's allowed to be who they are, and who they are is just awful. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. That's I will the say condition. though, I appreciated how like how deep they went on the spooky stuff. Like on one hand, like yeah. when Gust in the Illusions, like the girl's hands like turn to stone and crumble off, and she's just walking around with no hands anymore. And the grave statues start like crying, black goop. And I was just like, oh yes, I love this. This is very. I mean, <laughs> Halloween it's in weird. July. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those tonal dissonant things. You're like, oh, this is Disney. But man, it's fun when this happens. It's just really genuinely terrifying. Yeah, like the statues, the blood crying and like that. It's a very gorgeous sequence. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Uh, the the meth- uh, what else else was in this uh, blind? At the end, Mithalmio and Gus say they may be friends. So. Playfully punch punch each each other. other. Yeah, As, you, know. you know, bros do. Yes, it's a pretty bro thing. Yep. So worship. I, I didn't expect this, but we're shipping it. No doubt. Yes. Yes. Oh, and Willow yeah. had one line at the beginning. I kind of the way they set up. I'll say the beginning of the episode was like a weird way to start something, and then it just. I, I don't know what they were trying to do with it because I at first thought he was like trying to cheer Willow up because like he's like oh no like she hates me and I have a crush on her and I can't have her hate me and then that's not where it went and I liked the subversion kind of but I was like that it was a weird setup to like show that he's doesn't have confidence in his illusionist stuff that it can't do anything but I mean I guess it wasn't bad it was just like that's a weird way to start the episode. The way yeah, they did with the cold, I think the cold open was kind of bad for this episode. Um, but uh, this is it really it's just quick. weird. Um, but there's some fun stuff in the beginning too, with uh, especially with King on Gus's voicemail. Um, I thought that was really <laughs> oh funny. yeah, that was really cute. Um, but yeah, there's also Willie the pick the pixie the Gus's pixies helping Willow. Um, that, that was nice too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we'll come back to the plots uh no uh yeah we'll come back to the plot here because we can talk about it at the end of the episode four discussion let's, let's move on to keeping up appearances um yay and the big development being uh ida and lilith's mom gwendolyn uh visiting. Yes, it's gwenny gwen gwen gwenny gwen gwen what is it gwen gwen stephanie gwen stuff okay yeah is that oh. her yes <laughs> this is what she looks like when she's animated michelle what what did you think of gwendolyn being introduced here I so at first I really disliked her and then by the end of the episode I was like man I I feel for what this show is doing with this character because like I think it's like easy to look at Gwendolyn and be like she's dumb she she was fooled she should have just immediately accepted 
accepted her daughter's chronic illness and been completely perfect and wonderful about this, not had any human reactions that are at all faulty, and just hate her for that. But the episode, like, (laughs) goes to such lengths to try to, like, make you not feel that way. And one of the details I noticed on the second rewatch was that she says she specifically joined, like, the Beast Coven as soon as Ida was cursed. And she explicitly did that because she thought it would help with trying to find a cure and help, like, help her daughter. And, like, from what we know about tracks, it's, like, when you choose one, you're kind of in it for life. And you're locked away from all other forms of magic. So that's, like, a pretty huge commitment. And I, I really appreciate that they, you know, that that says a lot about her, like, attempts to do something she considers very helpful and potentially selfless, even if that's not the thing her daughter really needs. Um it just makes it really, you know, nice and messy. And we always like the nice and messy. And by the end, she does accept Ida and Lilith. And I mean, I think that, I don't know. I think she's a pretty okay lady. And I hope that's not a hot take anymore. Because <laughs> I think I really, I really enjoy the little journey she went on from like, I don't know, 25 years of being scammed to like using family heirlooms to pay for terrible fake remedies. And now she's like, oh no, once I know the truth, like fear me and my fire bees, you're going to get it. Like, I kind of <laughs> like that for her. Fear me and my fire bees. We love it for her. I, I love that phrase. <laughs> we love it for her. You need to put that on like the back of a car as a bumper sticker. Don't hit uh, me. Fear me and my fire. Fear bees. me and my fire bees. Allie, what do you think of Gwendolyn? I mean, like Michelle said, I thought. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what like the hot takes are on Gwendolyn, but I like. I didn't dislike her at the beginning, but it was not. Like I mean, at least in the opening sequence, like the flashback when Ida was young, she didn't really seem super sympathetic because, you know, she's just like, fix it, like no working with it, just get it out. But like I've. I've experienced like some like family friends who have been like part of a Ponzi scheme or like not knowingly. So it is they like I think they did a good job of painting her as sympathetic because she like was just trying to do her best, even if it, you know, ended up like being more malicious than helpful. It wasn't like intended to be that way. So I didn't think like she was a like evil mom, at least like she was trying to help, even if she wasn't listening to her daughter. Um, I will say the fact that she didn't give Lilith attention triggered me because as the younger child, I mean, I don't know. It's not that it, it like, happens sad. all the time. Yeah, it's that sad. That was the one thing that made me sad at the end. And I was surprised that Lilith decided to go home with her. But I mean, hopefully that's, I mean, the one line she had that made me very upset was when she's like, and Lilith, you were always so like self-reliant. Yeah, so- and like, I was just like, honey, she was a child. You, I mean, even if you look self-reliant, you're still a kid. You, you're not actually That's the thing. It's gifted child problems. Like, yeah. if you show talent, people will be like, you can do everything on your own. And I don't need to, you know, coddle you. But sometimes you want to be called a little bit. Like, yeah. um, But I, I really like her character. I like her muscles. Um, <laughs> and I, like, I also like the fire beast scene because I was like, okay, I would like her to kill me. It's a good way to go. What? Um, a good way to go. <laughs> I mean, listen, she's the she's the wilf, the actual wilf. The wilf. Ooh, I like that. I will not explain what that is. Wilf. I'll accept it without knowing the full context. <laughs> so. Not um, grandma. Oh, not I like a... her. Um, her palisman. 
it was cool. It's just a straight up, like, burnt, like, it's not even like really attached. It. It's just, like, there on the stick where it wants to be. Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah a lot of cool stuff with Gwendolyn. Um, and definitely my biggest reaction to the episode was, or in, in terms of Gwendolyn, was uh, immediately thought of our discussion in the offseason during the Ida podcast about how Ida's uh, spell arc uh, or Ida's curse arc uh, was kind of like a metaphor for chronic illness or disability, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was like the most explicit in this episode um, that the show yeah. had ever done um, and potentially wraps up or culminates that arc um, in terms of uh, the, you know, the plot, the plot of the show um, anyway. And I, I loved how it was handled this episode. Um, and I want to, bring in special guest sarah who's joining us now to give us some thoughts on how the clapping clapping (laughs) yay (laughs) how the uh episode handles uh this curse as a metaphor also you know it's just like the thing on it it's not even necessarily a metaphor it's a metaphor for something the equivalent in our world but it's also like just like the text of what he does going through in this episode with the Mm -hmm. curse Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Sarah, what's, what were your thoughts on how it was handled this episode? Yeah, well, thank you for having me in this special spot. You know, you probably thought that I'd come on to scream about Lumity, but no, I had to come and talk about Ida. <laughs> we said, yeah, know. we said we were done talking about Lumity, even though we've referenced it several times. Since, so. <laughs> well, well, short, short version is amazing. Loved it. Can't wait for more. Um, anyway, but yeah, I wanted to talk about this metaphor because I thought this episode was really powerful as, like, a chronic illness disability metaphor, just coming from my own perspective as somebody with a chronic illness, um, and, and especially when it comes to things like a cure, um, when, like, you know, when you're chronically ill, there's, like, basically never an actual cure or an easy cure, and, and, and oftentimes, really, what it is, and, and, like, they showed in, pretty clearly in this episode, is that it's really about figuring out how to manage and prevent your symptoms and make them as, um, as manageable as possible as much as you can and and, and in this show we see that Ida's really lucky because she's actually she's found this potion that usually really helps her um, and she can access it relatively easily even though she still has to pay for it and so like she's in a pretty decent spot here in terms of dealing with this curse even though you know it had been going uh, getting more intensified and then now she's showing with Lilith and it's a little bit more manageable again. Um, but, you know, when it comes to cures, it doesn't mean that, you know, just because there isn't an easy cure, it doesn't necessarily mean we don't want to have a cure because being sick really sucks. It's really hard. And especially when it's really hard to, uh, to manage it sometimes, it's hard to access that. And, and it's also really hard to be sick in a world that expects you to get better and get back to normal and, you know, look and act and contribute to society in a way that you're expected to. And so in that sense, it's even harder, but like you want to find a cure or a way to manage it, but you want to do that on your own terms. And we really looked at that in this episode um, because it's really common, you know, in real life when you're when you're sick to have parents, relatives, friends, and even complete relative, um, completely random strangers trying to tell you about this special cure that they found. You know, like have you tried essential oils? Have you tried this pyramid scheme? Have you tried <laughs> yoga? And like, generally speaking, like we do not want to hear this like because it's usually either some kind of scam um or we already know about it and we've already tried it or it's usually like way over promising or completely fake claims 
And then the other thing why we don't want to hear this is you. what it says is that you don't actually see us as a whole person. You just see us and being sick as a problem to fix because, you know, especially because we didn't ask for it. <laughs> so this is something that, like, comes up really often when it comes to parents, um, especially because you don't want your kid to be struggling. Like, we see Ida's mom, you know, wanting to help Ida. Like, that Like that doesn't come from an uncaring place. Um, you don't want your kid to suffer. You don't want them to be outcast. Um, and they're also, you know, parents are dealing with the associated stigmas and the challenges of having your kid try to manage the symptoms of being sick. And so, you know, again, you often end up seeing the illness or disability as a problem that needs to be fixed. And this ultimately ends up often hurting the child more than helping um, and can often have, like, really terrible consequences. Um, and so, like, what I'm trying to say is it makes total sense to me that Ida wanted to run away when her mom's like, we're gonna destroy this curse because her mom is seeing this curse as this evil thing that's needs to, needing to be eradicated rather than a part of her daughter mm-hmm. that needs to be supported. And, and and when you have a chronic illness, um, especially when you're old enough to be able to understand and make choices, what you need is the agency and autonomy to make your own decisions about your health and, and without having the unsolicited, pushy advice and quote-unquote cures. And, and you need to be seen and accepted as by your loved ones and by society as exactly who you are as like a whole good person and not somebody that necessarily needs to be fixed uh, in a forceful kind of way. Um, And so what ultimately for me, it was a really powerful demonstration of how, you know, once Ida's mom finally realizes this, that, you know, this illness is, or this curse is a part of Ida and that needs to be accepted and supported. And Ida needs to be able to make these decisions without being forced against her will into these cures that she didn't ask for. And so as somebody who, you know, is living this in real life, it really is a really meaningful um, display of the of this kind of experience. Nice. Um, that, that's really good stuff. So in the beginning of the episode, um, like the, this flashback, uh, definitely like the, the part that's representative of um, Ida's mom not accepting this as a part of her. Um, she says, I'll cut it out of you if I have to. Pretty pretty explicit with what they're going for. I'll find a way to cure you, Edelin, no matter what it takes. Um, to the end where she, she kind of learns to, um, again, pretty explicitly accept this as a part of her. I made you think this was something you were ashamed of, whether we want it to or not, it's a part of you and I love every part of you. Um, and then King says, uh, she was trying her best, huh? So I guess the other thing, Sarah, I want to get your thoughts on where the end of this episode ends pretty happily, um, mm-hmm. pretty, uh, you know, she grows, um, it's, it's really nice to see, um, was this, how did you feel about this? Was this either too idealistic? Was it really nice to see a happy ending? Um, it, it's definitely like wrapped up pretty quickly. She, she changes pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, I think... You know, I think it. I think they did it as best as they could. I think, yeah. I like. I. I wasn't too bothered by it. I definitely, definitely is idealistic. But I think at least it can show a demonstration that you know maybe the parents of kids who are watching this can see this mm. and see like, oh, you know, maybe I can do a little bit better to support my kid. Do you agree with King that she was trying to do her best? 
I mean, I think that parents, and I've said this in previous podcasts, that they can have really good intentions, and I don't think that um, Gwendolyn was trying to harm Ida. I think she was trying to help, but... It doesn't mean that she was doing good, just because she was trying to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that she wasn't causing harm. It does mean that her intentions were good, but, you know, intentions and impact are two separate things. Yeah, totally. And I think clearly had a negative impact on Ida. Um, As we see, this is what spurs her to run off in the first place, and she finds the portal door during this, but... Um, yeah, pretty traumatic early experience for for Ida. Um, yeah, okay, thank you for the, for sharing this, Sarah. Um, thank you. That was yeah. really good, Sarah. Oh, thank you. Any follow-ups to Michelle Alley to what we're talking about? All of that, I mean, I feel like it's accurate. I can relate on a somewhat, like, a, not at the same level, but, like, like with like mental disabilities like people are just like take meds and that will fix everything it's not the same but it's kind of in the same vein so i, I agree with everything sarah said um yeah, I, mean, I also the mental illness was... is, is you know it's a, it's a kind of chronic illness so for sure absolutely. yeah and like even if it's like well intended it's like there's no cure for you know not everybody everybody works differently um i also think that it was kind of idealistic that she would just kind of see the light in that way but i think it's because she realized how bad she got scammed and she was just like (laughs) i have to make it right i was like so wrong for so long and that was like i wasted i just feel bad that she wasted so many years of her life but i mean you know she made her bed so she got a lie in it she really did make her bed because one thing i was thinking when sarah was talking about how you know regardless of how good your intentions are what actually happens like you know that Mm -hmm. that's its own thing to reckon with and i feel like one of the things that gwendolyn's kind of suffered from this initial reaction she's had for so long is that like ida's trying to hide from her ida hasn't really it doesn't seem like she's willingly been in her life very much she like showed a lot of like ah gee she found me at the beginning of the episode which implies she's like actively kind of trying to hide from her mom Mm. because this is like what their relationship has become it's Mm. not really like how you doing what's new it's like i found the new curse and Mm -hmm. she's given her this line a million times and that's like all their interactions are anymore and that's such a shame and it didn't have to be that way and maybe if Gwendolyn had, you know, come to this realization sooner, they could have had more time together building a different kind of relationship. But I do think that is something Gwendolyn has kind of, you know, lost for a certain amount of time. Maybe she'll get it back in the future. But it seems like she's not even really super focused on Ida anymore. Like now she's just trying to repair stuff with Lilith, which is his own kind of dynamic. Um, so it's... Even though they ended on good terms, which I'm happy for, it definitely seems like not everything's quite fixed between them. And there's still, like, a lot of work that probably mm-hmm. needs to be done on Gwendolyn's part, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I definitely think that, you know, it's definitely a, a first step. But I think there's so yeah. much more that needs to be done to repair that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think just to really, um, in term, this is what we're talking about in terms of, uh, to conclude about... Uh, like learning to accept a part of someone and try instead of trying to cure them a message like I think not I haven't seen talked a lot about by movies and TV shows so I think is is really um, really powerful and good thing to see displayed in this episode I think you can even see this in terms of autism in terms of how there's um, oh yeah uh, parents and problematic organizations trying to find a cure instead of accepting people as how they mm-hmm. are so I think this is definitely an element that applies to a lot of uh, aspects of people that are just not accepted by society absolutely yeah okay that's that's good stuff um so uh 
I mean, I guess the other to, to the other transition from serious discussion, but thank you, Sarah, um, is uh, the plot stuff that happens at the end of the episode, if we want to go there next. Um, because... Well, also in the beginning, like just thinking about, because going back to like related to Gwen being like focused on Edith's curse and then Ida leaves, it just kind of makes me think that must have made like her relationship with Lilith even worse. Because like if she wasn't focused on Edith before, then it's just like completely ignoring Lilith. Totally. Yeah, and then yeah. I, I, I don't know how I feel about them. Like, I mean, I like that they're trying to work through things together. I assume that was where you were going next. So go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll say what I was going to say. But yeah, the portal in the beginning. And yeah, there's a good point about Lil, uh, Lilith and Ida's relationship, how their mom affects. I think that could be a larger topic, too. But Lilith, I mean, at the end is um, leaves the the Owl House. Um, so I think this is, this is interesting as a conclusion. This plotline is moving forward for the show. She goes to she goes home with Gwendolyn and apparently their dad, who was mentioned. Yeah, um, like we were so prepared for there just not to be a dad who was mm-hmm. alive or anywhere. And now he's casually at home. Totally fine. Are like who? Who? Yeah, who's this man? Yeah, whom's to see? Is he going to be really hot? Prepared for them to just not. <laughs> uh, like I thought, both of the parents would be absent. So I'm like, who are both of you? Even Gwen. Yeah, what's the da- how does the dad play in all this? Kind of yeah. kind of powerful that the dad is just like not even like important. Didn't like, even bother enough to mention him ever until now. That is an important part. So maybe there's like some extenuating circumstances that he wasn't a factor in in this, but we'll we will see. I mean, I don't think you mentioned him and he doesn't come into play. She said reconnect. So maybe like he was like an estranged parent. Maybe he came back since they left. That's possible. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um, Either way, I don't know how to feel about it. Hootie's very sad Lilith is leaving. She broke his heart, that poor tube owl. It was the only person who was ever nice to him. (laughs) They had such a good dynamic. I'm really going to miss it each other he gotta go on an adventure in a backpack because of lola that never happens to him yeah i think is we're talking about like this potential scenario where the people in alice join the rebellion and run away like what do lola sit home now where's Lilith coming into play in this you but know? maybe she and their parents both like every mm, all three and that's how we see the dad is when they show that up would be cool. he's the rebellion leader Oh, what if he's really important? And that's why he wasn't. He could be, and that's why he's like in the background. Mm, that's interesting. Happen. You know the crack theories of like, oh, Emperor Bellos is secretly a clawthorn are gonna come now because <laughs> oh, no, Bellos is the dad. Everything. No, we have to talk uh. about Bellos being someone else. Okay, because this other thing is Gwendolyn tells uh, Luz about the human who in the boiling aisles. Yeah. Apparently, Titan's blood causes leaks. Um, so that's that's potentially how this person. So then, in episode five, we see. Um, the Echo Mouse play back the journal of Philip, and we see him narrating and the implication. I am a poet. <laughs> oh, no, uh, well, I don't remember his last name, but uh, he apparently he made uh, Ida's portrait. Is, is what I got from that. Um, Widow Baines? No, it's silly remember. last name. That's all. I yeah, yeah, something like that. But yeah, do you guys agree that he the he made Ida's portal, the portal Ida finds? Is that it what's implied? Seems like it maybe how did he make a portal like, he could have made like blueprints for it maybe because if mean, he was around since the what was it, it like the 1600s he would have mm-hmm. to be i mean yeah we don't know when the door was finished but if Ida, when Ida found it we maybe it could be like i don't know early 90s <laughs> so he could have like tried to start to make it but i yeah yeah, Ida finds it buried, it... so it could have been there I mean, for a while. here's the thing. It has a skeleton key, and that's a very old-timey kind of key, <laughs> so maybe that's proof. But also, like, 
I feel like we all want him to be Bellows for sure. But if that's true, like, why has Bellows had such a hard time with his portal if he's already made a whole freaking portal yeah. door before? And also, he would have to be, like, 400 years old, and I don't know how that's possible. No, I believe that, because he's been stealing all kinds of magic juice to keep him alive mm-hmm. forever. So, so okay, yeah. So, the, the, everyone's saying that Philip is Bellows, um, which... I think I, he could be his ancestor. Could, could also be Bellos' uh-huh. dad or something. Yeah, I think that's possible. But uh, how is Bellos so old? Well, but we know Bellos is taking palace wins, which might be yeah. touched upon next episode and using that to potentially re- re- rejuvenate him. Um, but in terms of, yeah, why does Bellos need the... Well, he was able to construct the portal, so maybe he was able to do that so easily because he made the first one? Um, or maybe he lost oh, something since then? Maybe. Maybe it did take him like an incredibly long time the first time. We just don't have any sense of that. And it's just Could have been he needed some ingredient that he didn't have. Like, uh, but yeah, it is. It, there's not, not all the pieces are together. But like, I feel like this has to either be Bellis or Bellis related just because it's not a lot of time to hit on all this plot with the remaining mm-hmm. episodes of the show. So it's like this, this sh- we'd hope that this plays into the main kind of Bellis yeah, part of the plot line. It should. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know people are like, he has the ponytail. And I'm like, that's that's just a colonist thing. That's definitive proof, his ponytails. <laughs> that's a colonist thing. Oh, <laughs> no, he, he had, It was the 1600s. He had the British yeah. accent. No, he probably was like a... Imperialist. He was dressed like a fancy, okay. educated person. So yeah, coming I to mean, a new place to take mm-hmm. over everything and steal everything. That just makes me wonder, though. Like, if he already made a portal to go to the human world, like, why is that still his goal? Is it like he lost it? He's like, oh man, got here we go again. Gotta make a whole new one. To Does do this my mean plan. the like secret sauce or ingredient, whatever that he was missing, was Titan's blood? Because yeah, well, I also want to so. know how it works mm. because if. Like, the, or Gwen implied that, like, stuff leaks in, but is it, like, just a one-way thing, or can stuff leak in from the Boiling Isles also to the human realm, or is it just one way? Because, I, I mean, about I gotta this know where the Azura we, we, book came from. Is it from yeah, here the, or there? Presumably the Azura book, yeah, but uh, we, you, we, uh... We, we speculated about this Titan stuff in the off-season, but it's interesting that it's Titan's blood because, you know, as we know that they're on top of the Titan and even in, in episode five, um, they're in like forearm forest, right? It's like the areas mm-hmm. that they're on are like the parts of the Titan, the dead Titan that the their their realm is on top of. Um, oh, yeah. So the the whole mythology, like the, the basic like core mythology is yet to be kind of fully explored. So I think that's going to tie into it. Um, but yeah, presumably Bellus. But here's the other uh, extenuating factor. By the way, I just uh, need to cut in here with uh, this breaking news that I saw. May Whitman tweeted, can y'all just send me your best hashtag Lumity art? I am having oh. a craving. Oh, my God. I was saying to myself, like, today, literally, I was like, I wonder when May's going to comment on the album. I know. She's it's been two seasons. <laughs> Or a she, she's and a half. craving the Lumity art. That's thank Finally. you, Women. Dana's Dana retweeted saying you heard her. So there you go. That's the <laughs> retweeted Dana did. Dana retweeted her saying you heard her. So he wants to send. But yeah, we love May Women. So the fact that she cares any at all about this is incredible. Um, <laughs> we love this. Okay, so the other the other big thing at the end of episode four is we see fake lose. Yeah, uh, what? This what? is the this Seriously? is a big thing that we don't really understand. So we I see Camilla, know. and it's like, oh, Camilla's sad. No, she thinks Luz is there. <laughs> I really like that mislead. It was really funny. This and is this is the like at, at least what is this the going on the Philip stuff. Yes. It's like okay, it's Bellos. We can like the fake Luz. I don't think anyone has any idea what's no going idea. On with no, it's literally no idea. Yes. 
What because the heck? like the emperor were behind it or the golden guard or whoever, why? What reason? Also, how? It doesn't make any sense. Well, like this so- goes back to the letters, the discussion in the last oh, season. Yeah, Presumably, it's the same it. thing. How yeah. if this is Bellos? How does Be- Bellos did not have access? But exactly. if he's Philip, he invented the original portal. Maybe he did have access all along. That could be a solution. But it's like how, like <laughs> presumably no one could go between the realms. But now we know about Titan's blood, so we know that there are random leaks possible. It's yeah. Very confusing. Yeah. Okay. Is it okay? Is it more possible that Creepy loses tied to a character we already know, or tied to a character who is yet to be revealed? Because like there's just so little plausible like connection i feel to reasonably tie this character yeah. to anyone right now because it's like yeah why would barlow's want to keep blues like he hasn't said anything about that being a part of his plan his only plan seems to be getting into the human world and staying in control i, I mean like blues doesn't seem to really matter to him unless he's really good about like not being obvious about his entire yeah. plan but i'm yeah. sus about that too yeah. So I'm really, the, the creepy listing really is the only thing I'm just like completely have no idea at all where that's going. Yeah, I, I really, I really don't know. I think there could be some hidden information with Luz is like essential to his plan for Seattle, mm-hmm. like for some reason, but uh, it's not clear at this point how, how that, uh, I would, I think it's an existing character just cause like that would be another character to throw in. That being said, we are about to be introduced to another character uh, with the, the, the Bard Coven leader, um, potentially other rebellion players as well so maybe this is a rebellion plot uh, play, uh, play here like to keep lose there so she can help them i mean this is like uh, oh that would be but... really ooh, that hmm, doesn't I mean, look it's not good look though too many possibilities you know, stories like this love to do the both sides are bad type of thing so i wonder if that's <laughs> where we're going with the <laughs> with the rebellion but we haven't Anarchy even met them yet so bad. Um, okay so we're gonna work we'll check back in on fake lose i assume wait are we calling the show? her Creepy lose, fake lose. I think, I think everyone's calling her creepy lose. I want to call her I've... no chance. <laughs> we could call her creepy lose. No chance. Yeah, what did you want to call mean... her? People are calling her noches because it means the opposite of lose. In oh my it's god! I think I the important it. part is she's not lose, but uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, all of them. We've seen like two frames of her. Who <laughs> we don't know. Uh, let Let's see. Uh, I want fake lose to be like real, like an actual sentient clone of lose, and then there's just two loses at the end, and it's like, no, you can't kill my clone. Like she's a person too. What if she just two made loses. her by accident? Maybe like it's like energy, like unconscious like when she, energy yeah. manifestation. Form. Yeah, she something about the Titan's blood and how that works. It like yeah. uh, did she was so worried about her? her mom. She made her own lose to take care of her mom <gasps> by her own sheer willpower, and she just didn't know she did it. Oh, that's creepy. I like it. It's creepy. I think that's a plot, like a plausible, like kind of like vague, like metaphorical explanation. Not like like vague, like but just like some like non-specific person explanation for how it happens. I think that's yeah. Because I don't want it to be Bellows because I feel like Bellows has his hands in too many logical pies already in the plot, and he needs to step back and give someone else a turn. So (laughs) if it's loose, I'd like that more. Okay, it's lose accidentally. <laughs> I didn't expect that theory. That's nice. Okay, last though, uh, last episode, uh, echoes of the past. Um, I, I feel like probably the least to discuss here, but doesn't mean it's like <laughs> doesn't doesn't mean it's not important or bad. It's just like uh, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It was, yeah, like concise kind of. Yeah, it's like this is step one of our journey to learn about what uh, King's past is. We don't get all yeah. the answers. We learn that he had a dad. Um, he hatched in this secret island. Yes. Um, 
And, uh, it's weird knowing just... that it came from an egg. Yeah, he yeah, looks like a weird. mammal, but maybe <laughs> he's an alien so he can be whatever he wants. Like a lot of Australian animals. He's like Are that. they all aliens? Like, <laughs> oh, because well, I think like a duck-billed platypus is technically a mammal, oh, yeah. but it does but it hatch from an egg. So maybe he's like that. He's their version okay. of duck-billed I mean, they're platypus. They're demons, right? Like, I don't know how that yeah. works. Um, but yeah, well, they're, just... they're just dinosaurs. Yeah, the skull. I feel like, but yeah, they take they take the guardian John Luke home, and um, most of the plot line King's uh, horn is back. Right, they glue the horn on. Um, so I have a I have a I have a I have a snarky. Well, not snarky. Okay, so the horn doesn't make sense because when it got um, knocked off, he was like a an infant, <laughs> and when he glued it back on, it was normal size, and he's grown since then. Oh, so yeah. the, how would the bone have grown when it was like? disconnected from his body it should be like way shorter than the other horn because so much time has passed unless it's, it's magic it's plot armor. oh yeah it's magic just because it's better i, I threw it's the magic, magic in there to give them a reason because yeah, i was magic island, you know? that's magic. the thing the island too is like it <laughs> it didn't show up for anybody anybody but him and i guess Ida for some reason but like you know it could have special properties maybe the titan's blood i don't know do we know that it's a bone? Like, did we compare the frames of him as a baby? Maybe it's the same size. Maybe it just is what it is when he's born. Probably not. But oh, maybe actually, I could have. Yeah. Horns, bones. Probably it's proportional to his head. Oh, yeah. I don't think that. Uh, I mean, horn. You know, we don't. Know, we don't know how king works. He's a weird. That's true. Demon. He's like, trying. I also don't know how horns work, so this makes it yeah. complicated. Horns. I think horns typically grow. Yeah, but no, it's a good gall that it should probably be big. <laughs> so it'd be smaller than this. <laughs> Uh, but we, uh, what's the, uh, what do we think? Any, any speculation or like specific parts of that, this episode you loved? Like what are you, any on who King's dad might be? Cause that's another part of the plot line too. Maybe King's dad. Uh, I want there. it to be his mom. I want it to be a misconception and that mm. it winds up being his mom. I don't like it that it's, that he's like, it's my dad. All oh, he knows is that. I had this opposite feeling because I'm so used really? to moms being with babies and I was like oh it's daddy's mm-hmm. time yeah but I like the idea of like a queen of demons instead of a king that's that's speaking of which I forgot was about one we just don't know where she is <laughs> but then right she's now. dead and that's another Disney thing dead moms I'm tired of that <laughs> Well, I wanted to comment, speaking of that, before with episode four, and then I, I can do this quickly, but just I feel like this season has been all about moms on the That's Owl true. House. And yeah. I think the show in general really spotlights maternal relationships because it's all about Luz initially with Camilla and then trying to get back to Camilla and now Luz with her new mom, Ida, basically. So it's about like maternal relationships. But now this season, we've also seen Ida and Lilith have their own individual relationships with their mom. And we also saw Amity with Amity's relationship with her mom. And I think this is like a very uh, kind of a, a very important aspect of how this shows. Uh, like female perspective is manifesting because I think typically shows I know we I remember on From the Spirit World we talked about this with like Core and Avatar there's a lot of paternal relationships a lot of dads oh yeah um, so I think Owl House I think the, it really shows that the show is made by a lot of women and non-binary people because the show really is all about um, m- maternal relationships and moms here um, yeah and dads in the background so I've I've appreciated that um, but yeah King's Dad that is, that is a you know not, not that's kind of a background one for now but we'll see how that how that plays out. Do you um, do you think that he like has a relation to a king of demons? Because I know Lilith was like, there hasn't been like, there's no such thing because there hasn't been it since like before Belos came. But we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know that for sure. He could be like, it's more military propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, we we you know we know Bellus Bellus came fifty years ago, right? So if Bellus is old. How does that come up? But yeah, we don't know really the state of the island other than that witches were not coalesced in 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 terms of one thing, or they weren't limited to one 
track of magic. But how do demons play into that? Yeah, we don't know anything about that, I feel like. That's why I was excited for this. Like, I want to know more about the actual setting of the world. Like, give it yeah, to me. I want uh, This probably ties into some basic mythology stuff we'll get. Maybe with the Titan, like we were talking about, maybe this could tie into that. Um, I don't know when we're going to get part two to this story. Because it really feels like we're definitely going to see more with, with King's backstory. Um, Michelle, any, any favorite parts of the episode or speculation? I do kind of like that, you know, Ida had a chance to explain where Kings, like, I, I mean, and it's like hard because, you know, in a way she did kind of embellish the truth and kind of sort of give false information. And I do think it's believable that King had a pretty strong reaction to that. And it is like, yeah, his whole identity just like, went out the window immediately and like who is he anymore and i like that loose was the one to be like well okay but also there's this other mystery that i think we should you look into and you know and that gave him like a new sense of identity pretty quickly and i like that you know that was a moment that king could have with loose to kind of develop because like King and Ida have been together so long, and I feel like they have such a deep history, but Luce is still pretty new to him. And I like that this is, like, one of those things that they can kind of build on together. Like, it's a pretty big deal for King, and I'm glad that Luce was a part of it to the extent that she was. I'm also, like, for some reason I was, like, convinced this meant King was an alien, but maybe... That temp- Maybe it's just, like, an ancient temple that's just, like, cut off from the rest of the world, in which case... Maybe he could still be a demon and they just like, you know, he he hadn't been in the world very much recently. So like time had passed and he was on an island for a long time in an egg. And maybe maybe it's possible that he could be from the before times. The land before times. <laughs> the demons before time. <laughs> Dinosaur alien king. Yeah. I don't know um, if he's an alien. I think the only thing that makes us think he's an alien is all those weird incubator pods for the the chaperone weirdos. Yeah. The, and how are the, the like zombie lunar monster I called it? Like how do they how do they factor in here? Um I think that that's there's a cool uh monster thing. We thought with the lunars, um maybe that coven would, would come into play. I'm interested in that. Um but uh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot to explore here, but this is a very like aesthetic kind of mood episode. Backstory, I love the Eda backstory, yeah. Um, we get the flashback with Baby King. A lot of people love Baby King. That's another He's big part really of this episode. really cute. When he can't open his eyes all the way because he was just barely hatched, that was really cute. Yeah. Yeah, he was super cute. I don't know how to feel about Eda. Like, I mean, she didn't know. She assumed he was a pet, but like putting those bad ideas into his head, I'm like, wow, that's terrible. And then keeping it a secret for so long. I'm glad she owned up to it, but I was like, oh, that's not so nice. She it's was like also not not telling your kid they're adopted. Yeah, saying a lie. Yeah, but he's a baby. I don't know. Like the morality of like this like sentient pet thing is like very hard to Yeah, <laughs> to at least she didn't yeah. realize he could talk until she brought him home. But it does seem like she if... was like, Yeah, you're an overlord. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the other, the thing that stands out on my outline, uh, from the rest of this episode is Porta Hootie, um, which, uh, he detaches himself from, grossly detaches himself from the house into a backpack in this episode. Grossly. It was magnificent. 
Everyone was grossed out in the episode, at least. It was, it was very funny. I've also like that meme template of everyone being disgusted because you could use it with other stuff. Yeah. Michelle, are you pro Porta Hootie? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they made it really gross, but uh, I support him being able to travel. <laughs> And whatever, but it also seems like his organs. He left some of those behind, like so. He really is the whole house. Like his whole house is the body, not just the tube, and that's a little uncomfortable, (laughs) even for me to think about. House is the body. But of course, I support him. (laughs) He's the house. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really need this to be like actual merch that you can get a a hoodie backpack. (laughs) It has to be real, so like cute. an actual, like, and you can pull him out like a tube. It, kids would <laughs> buy least, that so much. At least the like actual porta hoodie, like the backpack, it was cute. Yeah, so that you could do. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you see the shit. organs, but um, I'd buy it with the. Organs. I want the organs need to be included. <laughs> organs sold. Separately. They need to be accurate to the episode. Need the organs in there. <laughs> Yeah, that would be, uh, let's get Disney on that. That's uh, uh-huh. uh I was episode eight, by the way, is called "Knock, Knock, Knocking on Hootie's Door." So he's Ooh. gonna go find another portable house and knock on her door. Yeah, maybe oh. we figured out the <laughs> shipping Hootie is what we want from the show. That's what the Crushed that's the it. takeaway here. Um, by the way, update: May Whitman has like liked <laughs> at least fifty pieces of fan art at this For, point. I'm yeah. looking at her like so. <laughs> Are you updating this in real time? <laughs> this is a big deal. We love Bay Women. It is. We do. I've been waiting for this for so long. I can't believe I was just thinking about that. Well, remember, by the way, just so it's clear, May Whitman liked our tweet of uh, us saying uh, Amity was the best supporting character winner last year. So, yeah. yeah. She, was, she She's liked stuff at least in the past, but um okay we love it uh any let's do final thoughts on either this episode or anything you're thinking of uh non tweet maybe tweets related <laughs> the other episodes uh Allie. uh i'm looking at your notes at the bottom the librarian i forgot about him <laughs> he oh, was oh, yeah. hilarious yeah malthus so you and like you're fired <laughs> he's he's great yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a really strong. This episode. Sorry, I really, I still like it because them, I just wanted to know about King and just the, the this bunch of this bunch of three. That doesn't make sense. These three episodes, I thought were pretty solid. Even like you know, there's always like a weakest one, and I would agree with you that this is probably the one. Even if like, I did have like bias because I've been curious about King, but it was I enjoyed it still. It felt very um, like the pacing was fine, and we were given like enough information to kind of tide us over for now so i thought it was pretty good yeah i said episode five was the weakest actually of the three oh, but they're sorry. all good so though, in terms um, of plot i i would agree with that yeah. yes five is the weakest um but you know i mean it's just uh, each have strengths i think this is like a nice like mood uh slow kind of plot build suspense type episode yeah um, yeah uh michelle any final thoughts here I am very satisfied with the amount of information we are getting. This is good. I feel like my favorite thing is when shows they answer some questions, but then that by getting that new information, you have to draw conclusions to like five more things that have not yet been shared. And the the questions just keep mounting from there. And I love that feeling. And I'm so glad that this show is giving us this much information so soon. Like, obviously, they have... <laughs> less seasons right now um than some other shows doing this but i think they've made really good use of just 
trying to balance like the low key moments with like the plot stuff because I will say it seems like this is one of the few stretches where it's like every episode's directly been like connected to the next one because um, Echoes in the past, like we get all the dad stuff with King and then they talk about that kind of in Keeping Up Appearances, right? Like when Will is like eating her depression ice cream from the black market and then King starts to stress out about his dad. Like, oh, maybe Mm, my dad left me. Like maybe I don't want to see him either. And it's the same thing. Like at the end of that episode, Gwendolyn tells Luce about the other human and then like immediately in the next episode um looking yeah. through glass ruins like she she uses that information to go to the library so it's like all three of those are directly connected to each other narratively and I, i'm curious if that's gonna continue um because i don't know if season two followed that or season one followed that quite so aggressively as we're seeing here and i kind of like it it's kind of nice that they're all like loosely linked to each other this way one after the yeah. other yeah, that's a good observation. So what you're saying is that we're definitely commenting on Lumity next episode. Yes, so I, that, I that very, happened. very much hope so. Or Even Gus Stalamule. I just want they, or both. You know, or like both. she'll go to Gus and be like, "So there's this girl," and he'll be like, mm, there's, "There's this, this guy." Let's <laughs> yeah. compare notes. Have bonding, and Willow will just help them both. She'll be the ultimate wing lady, wing woman. <laughs> Yeah, I saw I saw a fan art of Willow like at school the next day looking at already flirting and Gustav and giving fast. a face. Yeah, y'all are scary. No, there's like so much purple amity fan there's art. There's so much so. fan art, like yeah, uh, as we know with the uh, the tweets my women is gang. So <laughs> also, there's okay. another line. Oh, I don't remember anymore from one of the episodes. No, whatever, it's fine. Hootrageous. No, I don't remember. Uh, invisibility glyph. We didn't talk about that. That was cool. Oh, that, was so that, that was in multiple was so episodes cool. too. That's yeah. really cool. This is um, so smart. I'm curious if there's going to be like actually they're going to find new glyphs or if they're just going to be experimenting to make new spells and that's like how it has to be or if there's yeah. secret ones we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now it definitely seems like they're combining. Um, I don't know what the specific combination for invisibility was, but it was, that was cool. Yeah, it's like um, I don't know. <laughs> It reminds me of, Dylan will like this, but it reminds me of in season two when Star started making her own spell magic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In the book, like she was taking the initiative to like make her own spells and now Luz is doing that with glyphs and it just makes me so excited. Being able to personalize your own magic powers, like that's the dream, man. That's what I want. Make your own spells. Right. Yeah, no, totally. Like the main char- main magic character carving out their own magic path. I yeah. love that as a as a yeah. I think both shows definitely going for that, and I think a lot of magic uh, uh, type shows going for that. Molly just linked an article I'm, from <laughs> from out dot com uh, <gasps> entitled "That Will House Is Losing Amity." Just had their gayest episode yet. Um, so there you go. <laughs> accurate. That is completely accurate. Look, hashtag Grom, you forever, it says. Ha- hashtag Lumi. Yeah, Lumi. <laughs> okay there you go yeah that's the subtitle lumity forever all quotes yeah i think i think they know the person that wrote this okay um there's a lot everyone's getting hype again for lumity so we'll, we'll <laughs> see keep saying it. we won't reference lumity and we just keep yeah going. we did we weren't going to talk about it again we didn't talk about it at all uh okay next <laughs> oh yeah and by, my final thoughts is great episodes and i'm also just very excited for each of the next few episodes like episode six very hype the palace yeah. men's golden guard episode seven like the, potentially the most other not the most non-lumity hype episode yet with uh <laughs> potential mention of rebellion and this former uh person in Nita's life uh, like so actually these is... next three are the most hype 
The hoodie I, one, I we have no, I have oh no idea God, what it's I'm about. So How are you so. not hyped for the movie? I'm hyped. I saw the, the, the image is really interesting for that episode, like the leaked image. But uh, I have no idea what it's about. So it's more of like a, a potential one. Like uh, we'll see, we'll see. But then obviously, like Eclipse Lake, like so it's incredibly exciting. And then the description for ten is also really exciting. So uh, <laughs> this is a lot of good stuff coming up here. And so for the next Owl House podcast, if we were to follow the normal track, we would do one right after episode nine. Um, so I think that's a little awkward because that's in the, that's right before the mid season finale. So I think probably we will not do that and we'll either wait until the mid season finale or push it up maybe, or like maybe episode nine is like super lumity. Then we have the lumity podcast and then we have another one after the finale for the rest of the (laughs) the show. So I think these are options. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but uh, a lot of uh, exciting stuff to the house, which we'll cover in some form coming up here in August, I think. Yeah. Okay. That's... Yay. Yay. We're uh, hyped for that. And um, Ladybug airing, and they're going to stop airing at the same time. So apparently that's a package deal for Disney. Wow. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know what you thought of these episodes of Lumity, of the Emmy's hair, of everything else we talked about in the comments section for this podcast. Wherever you're listening, we'd really appreciate the feedback. And if you like this, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our Patreon podcast, Michael. And thanks as always to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, Needle, and Phonician. We will be back, um, as I maybe mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, uh, potentially next week and a week early for the next Ladybug podcast, but that will take the place of the two weeks from now podcast. So look out for Ladybug discussion coming up next. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.